Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. What happened, buddy? What happened, man? The wheels just locked up, huh? I don't know what you guys the are Cincinnati about. Bears? I don't know what you guys are talking about. You know about. better than that. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I, nothing happened. I understand the Bengals and the Bears are very forgettable teams right now. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, the amount of disrespect that you have shown the Bengals today after what was a really impressive performance yesterday against the Browns is just... It's really unfortunate. You keep calling Joe Burrow, Joe Burrowza. That's not Joe disrespectful. That's not disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. It's It's the same thing that happened for years with Chase Daniel. It's singular. There is no S at the end of it. I don't know what's Chase Daniel. I know Chase Daniels. It's unbelievable, man. Get it. Clean it up, Ferrario. Clean it up. Here's what happened. Do you black out for those updates? No, here's what happened. I was going to talk about the Chicago Bears game after the Cincinnati Bengals won. And my eyes jumped right down to the Bears game, and that's where you get the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bears. Bears. They oh, might be yeah. better if they I'm were the sorry. Cincinnati Bears. I'm sorry, Mr. Two Perfects over here. Never make mistakes. Wow. Speaking of perfect, let's go out to the Brown and Crippen celebrity line to be joined by the one and only Gabe DeArmond. He's the publisher over at Power Mizzou, and he's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Gabe, how you doing today, man? Not bad. What's going on, guys? Oh, not too much, man. Just uh, basking in the glow of what was another Mizzou victory over the weekend, 20 to 10 over Kentucky. And I, I mean, I know that that score sounds like it was a close game. There was maybe about three minutes of real time when it felt close. What did you make of the Tigers just basically giving Kentucky a taste of its own medicine in that one? Yeah. Uh, after thinking about it, I wrote this morning, I said, I don't know what's more amazing that that game unfolded the way that it did or that it was 20 to 10. Um, I, I mean, if, and I'm sure there are some analytics people out there who do things like this, but if you went through that box score and did like a, Hey, what's the projected score based on all these stats? I guess it was, it would be like 45 to seven, something like that. Um, I know the last game that Kentucky ran fewer plays than that was in 2011 and they lost 54, three. Um, so it was it was a dominant performance by Missouri, and just crazy that Kentucky actually had the ball with a chance to tie the game in the fourth quarter, and that uh, obviously you know Missouri. I, I think it's almost best case scenario for Eli Drinkwitz. He can say, "Look, you went out and whipped them at their own game, controlled the game for sixty minutes, and there are still some things we need to fix here because that game shouldn't have been that close." And if you look back at the LSU game, I mean. They were the better team in that game all day. They lost the tournament about a 4 nothing and won the game. They should have won that game by three touchdowns. So he's got a couple of things that he can point to that say, look, really good, really positive to build on, but we're not anywhere near what we can be. 
Gabe, the running game obviously was fantastic on the weekend, but I want to go back to Eli Drinkwitz and how much of a difference has this gentleman made with this fo- football program and with him at the helm for an extended period of time, how much more can we expect from Mizzou? Yeah, well, what impresses me about the last two games is he won two games in two completely different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, saw something on film that told him we can beat LSU deep. We, we can take advantage of the secondary. They emptied the playbook and they did that. And then went into the Kentucky game and said, when teams are trying to go deep and throw the ball, they're making mistakes and Kentucky's beating them because of it. So we're going to take all the risk out of this game. And we're just going to see if Kentucky can beat us if we don't give them the football. And they could. I, I mean, Connor Bazelak threw three passes 20 yards or more downfield. I only remember one of them. Um, he was 0 for 3, didn't complete a pass more than 20 yards downfield. Missouri, I think, had two plays that were longer than 17 yards all day, maybe. Um, so, really impressive what he's done. I mean, you know, the second part of your question, I, I kind of go, I, I mean, the way sports are now, after every game, we either have to fire a guy or give him a contract extension, right? We have to have this, this is what we think, this guy has to pay for this game or this guy's going to be great. And great start. Like, he has made Missouri fans care about football. He has injected energy into this program that didn't exist. You see things on the field that you love. Um, and so immediately now there are fans going, well, what do we do in three years when, you know, a blue blood comes calling? Or I've had people ask me, is he going to go to the NFL? Like, he's cooked for you. Let's <laughs> – Let's hold, he is currently earning $12 million a win. I don't think we need to rip up his contract and give him a new one quite yet. Um, I, you know, and I understand the optimism that comes with a new coach. And, again, there are a million reasons to feel very good about what's happened. But let's, let's go ahead and let the next season or two play out and see where things are at before we, before we guess, you know, where he's at in five years. You know that's not how we do things, though, Gabe. And you know that's not how we're going to do things on this radio interview with you. i got to ask you the next question. What is the new one can do it. I just don't have to participate. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fair. Now, if I had to ask you, though, I'm I'm making you the Vegas odds maker, and I say, Gabe, what is the over-under at this point on what the expected win total should be for Mizzou now? They're 2-2 and on the season. They have six games to play this year. What would you set the over-under at for Mizzou wins after the the last two weeks with them beating Kentucky and LSU? I would put it probably at... Four and a half, um, because look, Georgia's a that's still probably a, a, a very likely loss. Florida, Florida is not an unwinnable game, especially with their situation coming off the the quarantines and all that. But, you know, it, it would not stun me like it would have two weeks ago if Missouri went and won that game. But they're a fifteen point underdog, and and they're not going to be picked to win it. Vanderbilt. They should, I mean, just put that in the win column now. If you don't win that, something's drastically wrong. And, yes, I know we said the same thing last year. Um, so, basically, what you've got is South Carolina, Mississippi State, Arkansas. Mm. Those are three games that I think it's fair to say will be viewed kind of as toss-ups, which the line's going to be one score one way or the other, right? Nobody's going to be favored by more than seven points in any of those games, I wouldn't think, unless things drastically change by kickoff. So, if you can beat Vandy and go two and one in those games, you're sitting five and five. 
Um, if you lose two out of those three, you're, you're four and six. And I kind of wrote this morning, four and six, if we'd gone back a month, or if we'd gone back even the day after the Tennessee game and told you Missouri's going to finish this season four and six, you'd, you'd think, man, Drinkwitz has done a great job getting this thing turned around four and six in a, in a regular season, really kind of converts to about seven and five probably in year one. That's great. I'm really excited about where this thing's going. If I tell you right now Missouri's going to finish four and six, you probably go, I don't know, man, that feels a little disappointing, right? Uh, and it's just, kind of the way expectations change throughout the season. If I had to pick it today, I think they're going to end up 5-5. Five and five, But, you know, 4-6 and six is, isn't unreasonable, and 6-4 and four isn't unreasonable. Final question for you, Gabe. I got to ask you about Larry Roundtree because the kid was just incredible against Kentucky, and I know the numbers aren't going to blow you out of the water with him finishing with, what was it, like three and a half yards per carry, but that anybody that watched the game knows that dude was an absolute warrior for Mizzou on Saturday. Where is he going to go down among Mizzou running backs that you've watched? Because you've been around this team. You've covered it longer than I have. Uh, where Where's Larry Roundtree going to finish? I know where he's going to finish all-time rankings, probably number one right. among the running backs. But in terms of the best, where do you think he'll be? Yeah, he won't get the credit um, that he probably deserves for a couple of reasons. First of all, his teams just aren't – he's not going to play on a great team. I mean, the the – highlight of his Missouri career is going to either be, you know, eight and five and losing the Liberty bowl or, you know, this season getting to 500 um, and, and kind of being one of the reasons this thing turns around, um, which is obviously a good legacy to leave. But it, the point is he, I don't know if he's as good a running back as Henry Josie, but there's no chance that Missouri fans are going to remember him the way they remember Henry Josie, who, came back from a horrific knee injury to win an SEC East title, right, with a 57-yard touchdown. I mean, um, is he going to be remembered as, as fondly for people my age as like Devin West and Brock Olivo? Maybe. Um, you know, probably kind of in that range. He's, he's not James Wilder. Um, you know, he's, he's not in that discussion. Is he Tony Temple? Maybe something like that, but Tony played on better teams. Uh, I, I think the other thing is, Larry's just not flashy, right? He doesn't have – he's not going to have an 85-yard touchdown run very often, at least not against the SEC team, because he doesn't have that kind of speed to, to do that. Um, probably one of the better highlights of his career, honestly, was, was on Saturday, like yep. his 36th carry of the game or whatever. He just lays out a Kentucky defensive back in a play that, let's be honest, should have gotten Missouri at least one taunting penalty at maybe like seven. Yeah. But it didn't. Good for them. Um, you know uh, – but that's the kind of play he makes. Um, it, it, he's not flashy. He's not going to turn up on a, a ton of highlight films. But you got to remember, this is a kid who, you know, basically had Missouri and Boston College as far as major college football offers. Um, I think it was actually A.J. O'Fadale who found him out in North Carolina. And uh, he came in. And, and you know, I, I think it's at least worth mentioning because we went through the same thing with, with Gary Pinkle and, and Larry Smith. I, I know any time a new coach takes over – the first thing to do is say, look how good this guy is, and that last guy was even worse than we thought he was and all that. And, and I understand this is not a, hey, Barry Odom did a great job. But I remember a lot of people in, in 2003, uh, you know, giving Gary so much credit, and he deserved a lot of it. But if you looked at that Independence Bowl roster, a lot of those guys were Larry Smith recruits, man. Like, Larry at the end wasn't good, but Pinkle's first bowl team doesn't happen without – 
Larry's guys, right? And and Drinkwitz is is obviously doing more with the talent on this roster than Barry Odom had it. So again, deserves a world of credit. But if Connor Bazelak turns out to be what some people hope he can be, Larry Roundtree, Nick Bolton, these are guys who were who were brought in. So I, I think it's at least worth mentioning that hey, you don't just have to dump all over the guy who used to be here at every turn because there are a lot of guys he brought here that are making plays right now. He is Gabe DeArmond. Check out his work over at PowerMizzou.com. Always enjoy having him on the show. Gabe, thanks so much, man. Always appreciate it. All the best to you and the family. All right, guys. Have a good one. You got it. That is Gabe DeArmond joining us here on 101 ESPN.